Well, welcome to the Marty Minto Show podcast. I'm your host, Marty Minto, the informative voice for Christianity all across America. The official music of the Marty Minto Show is provided by Apologetics, that Christian parody band. Apologetics.com. Check them out online. Apologetics, last three letters, T-I-X, Apologetics.com. Just listen for a moment and enjoy the music. I tell you right now, these guys are great. If you have never, ever checked them out, seriously, check them out. Apologetics, last three letters, T-I-X, apologetics.com. And uh, they are just a blessing to the Marty Minto Show podcast. And they'll be a blessing to you. And again, uh, they are a Christian parody band. And again, they take music, uh, every type of genre of music, and they take it and they put Christian lyrics to it. And I tell you one thing, they do an awesome job. I've said this before, I can't say it enough again. They want to bring the gospel message to a world that is lost. They want to encourage Christians. And, uh, you know, I think it was John Calvin, uh, the great Reformed theologian who, um, I'm not going to quote him here, but in so many words he said, you know, God has given talent and ability to people all around the world, even people who are lost. And we would take heed to learn from them and to gain from them. And, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, music is something that uh, is just within me. Uh, I had a father uh, who was very musically inclined, played instruments, especially the saxophone. I myself have played different instruments throughout the years, but especially the drums. That's where my passion has always been with the drums. But I love music. All kind of genre of music, but that's what uh, the uh, the Christian parody band Apologetics does. They take all different styles of music, genre of music, and they put Christian lyrics to it. And uh, I, you know, they, it brings a message. And I can tell you right now, they do a great job. And again, you would be blessed to check them out. Uh, and they got a lot of new things that just come out recently. Uh, they try to keep up with the times. Uh, the oldies, like, you know, I go back into the 70s and 80s, I like some of that old music. They have taken many of those songs and have rewritten the lyrics. And uh, again, musically, these guys are superb, superb musicians. But singing and songwriting, they do, I mean, they're superb also. And uh, I can't uh, tell you enough about them, but check them out for yourself. Well, it's great to be with you once again here on the Marty Mento Show podcast. And uh, i got to be honest with you, there has been a story that has really caught my attention and has brought me to a point in place in the last, I don't know how many weeks. Uh, I say weeks, maybe week. That's really, um, well, it just won't go away. And this was an article back on Thursday, April 4th. And this article caught my attention in the Christian Post. 
And I actually placed it up on my Facebook site. And don't forget about the Facebook, the Marty Bento Show podcast. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. And um, this article really just caught my attention because this has been something that has been on my heart for years. I know that the country of Canada has already progressed in that direction. It's getting worse, and I believe in America we're going to see it in no time. It's going to be here. But this article, here was the title of this article. You ready for this? Now hold on tight. Find $55,000 for calling a male a male. This uh, op-ed piece is by Michael Brown. We told you that this was coming. We warned you it would happen. We were not crying wolf. We were telling you the truth, and now it is here. As the headline announces, Canadian Tribunal fines Bill Watcott $55,000 for expressing Christian views on transgenderism. In other words, Watcott called a biological male who identifies as a female a biological male. That was his crime. He called the guy for what the guy was. He's a male. Uh, the article goes on to say, what a miscarriage of justice, what an assault on freedom of speech and expression. John Carpe, president of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, which defended Watcott, noted in protest that the Supreme Court of Canada has long held that freedom of expression is a lifeblood of democracy, but not when it crosses the line of transgender activism. Freedom halts there. Carpe added, a society is full of people with diverse views, and the tribunal's decision undermines the foundational principles of the free society and jeopardizes the health of Canada's democracy. Precisely slow, but uh, so, excuse me, but as I have stated often, this was always the end goal of the radical LGBT activism. The opposition must be silenced. And until it is legally silenced, it must be socially shamed. Last month, a Catholic journalist in England was interrogated by police at her house after she misgendered a child with whom she had appeared on TV. How dare she identify the child based on its biological sex? But now we have in Canada, a Christian activist has been fined $55,000 for hateful act of misgendering an adult male. And here's the big question, and this is what's been on my heart, and this is what really caught my attention too, but I've been talking about this for years. How soon before it reaches America? See, I tend to believe it is on the horizon. It's right here already. And it's just a matter of beginning to see certain communities, certain states enact laws, which they'll be held liable. So if you have a, a man who wants to identify as a woman and you publicly call him out as a male, you publicly confront the reality, you are going to be classified as someone who is hateful, you are going to be charged with some type of crime, maybe even considered a terrorist, because you have went after them because you have exposed the truth.
That's what this is all about. I mean, when it comes down to it, that's what it's about. It's about the truth. And this is the thing that bothers me the most. Now, as I was reading this, I got to be honest with you, (laughs) um, this blows my mind. Like, for instance, I didn't know this. There are already some laws in the books in America, on the books, like, for instance, New York City calls up for fines up to $250,000 for misgendering someone in the workplace. Now, I never knew this. This was actually placed on the books back in 2015. How about this? In 2016, a transgender school teacher in Oregon won a $60,000 settlement from a school district after co-workers allegedly failed to address the teacher by the proper gender pronouns. Uh, I'm telling you right now, folks, this just blows my mind. Um, When Bill C-16, the trans right bill, was being debated in Canada, Professor Jordan Peterson append that under the new law, he would go to jail for refusing to follow transgender speech guidelines. For making such claims, he was ridiculed. As expressed in an article on Vice, uh, no, the trans rights bill doesn't criminalize free speech. University of Toronto professor Jordan Peterson has made C-16 a rallying point for the free speech advocates. But experts say that he has it all wrong. Does he really? Well, tell that to Bill Watcott. Um, (laughs) This just blows my mind. Now, what is taking place here? is obviously if you don't if you're not familiar with this this what is happening here is something that is also political and this is probably why this is gathering so much attention now i'll give you the details about the flyer that mr watcott put out as he made it clear to people around him that this woman was not actually a woman but was a man and he shared scripture he shared truth But according to the um, Canadian Tribunal, which issued, listen to this, they issued a 104-page ruling. Here's what they concluded. Mr. Watcott's conduct was discrimination contrary to the code and that he must cease and desist from such action in the future. He must pay Miss Ogre. $35,000 as compensation for injury to her dignity, feelings, and self-respect. He must pay Miss Ogre $20,000 as cost for improper conduct. He must pay Ogre interest due. And again, the code in question is the Human Rights Code to to the knowledge of the writer here um, that is related but not necessarily identical to Bill C-16. So the bottom line here, you have Canada going after this man because he stands up for the truth. And this is what has got me. And again, I have this 104-page, believe it or not, I have it right in front of me, downloaded it. But I really wanted to see the flyer that apparently the court was holding on to as evidence of exactly what took place. Now, 
There is a picture on this flyer of a looks to be like a woman on the left-hand side and then a male distinctively on the right-hand side up at the top. And here's the title on the flyer, Transgenderism versus Truth in Vancouver, False Creek. Ronan Ogre, pictured left, is a biological male who has renamed himself Morgan Ogre after he embraced a transvestite lifestyle. Ronan is running for the NDP in the Vancouver False Creek writing and BC's media and the NDP are promoting a false narrative that Ronan is a woman born into a male body. Walt Heyer, pictured right on the flyer here, lived as a transvestite for eight years He cut off his penis, injected himself with female hormones in an effort to delude himself and everyone around him into thinking he was a female. Walt repented of his sin, reclaimed his God-given male identity, and is now living as a born-again Christian, helping others to avoid the mistake he made of embracing transgender propaganda and trying to live a lie that he was a different gender from the one God made him. Now, that is up in the forefront of this flyer. Now, you you can imagine this is going to raise some concern, raise eyebrows right away. People are going to, you know, they want to read the rest. Here's what he writes. Listen to what Mr. Watcott wrote to the residents. Dear Vancouver False Creek residents, I am writing this flyer this election to share my concerns about the promotion and growth of homosexuality and transvitism in British Columbia and how it is obscuring the immutable truth about our God-given gender. The truth is there is only two genders, male and female, and they are God-given and unchangeable. Ronan may have a government ID that refers to as a French female known as Morgan. And the media, the NDP, and everyone in the writing might try to pretend Morgan is a woman. But the truth is, Ronan's DNA will always be male. He will never have a uterus and no amount of cosmetic surgery, fake hormones, or media propaganda is going to be able to change these facts. Now, the guy's speaking the truth here. Okay, he's speaking the truth. Then he quotes Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image, the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. Because gender is a God-given and immutable, transgenderism is an impossibility. A male cannot transition into a female, nor can a female transition into a male. One can only cross-dress and disfigure themselves with surgery and hormones to look like the uh, gender they are not. This practice is harmful and displeasing to God. Those who embrace the transvestite and homosexual lifestyle put themselves at greatly increased risk of diseases such as HIV, syphilis, HPV, uh, of uh, the um, anal gonorrhea, hepatitis A, B, and C, etc. Homosexuals and transgenders are also at increased risk of drug and alcohol abuse, suicide, and domestic violence. Now listen to this. So far, he's not said anything wrong. He has told the truth. Now, you know as well as I do, there are people out there who just can't handle the truth. 
But he goes on to say, in addition to the physical and social consequences of adopting a false sexual and gender identity, there are spiritual consequences, too. Our God is a God of truth. Those who promote falsehoods like NDP and BC's major media and say it's okay to indulge in homosexuality or embrace a transvestite lifestyle do so to their own eternal peril. Liars and sexual immoral will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, nor will cowards. The truth is many B.C. residents know that promoting homosexuality and transvitism, uh, uh, <laughs> keep on getting that wrong, is wrong. Uh, but they are too cowardly or morally corrupt to speak up and defend what is true. As for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, for murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death, Revelation 2.8. Thankfully, it's coming to a close now, folks. Thankfully, Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin. You can turn to the merciful, Christ, and ask for forgiveness. And when the NDP comes knocking at your door... You can tell them that you won't vote for them because you believe in God's definition of gender and marriage. Truth matters, and God wants you to stand for what is true. In Christ's service, Bill Watkoff, and it it gives his phone number, his email address. Then at the bottom there is another verse, uh, John 1.14, the Word became flesh, dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory as one of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So here we go. We, we have this flyer. Now, obviously, in the midst of the fire, he speaks truth. He also, well, he goes after the NDP and British Columbia's major media um, and what he assumes they're trying to accomplish, which I think we find the same here in America. But the key is here, I, truth matters and God wants you to stand for what is true. And this is what about this this whole entire article and then the flyer as I read it to you just blows my mind. This guy's being fined $55,000. He is being told that what he did is wrong. It's discrimination. It's it's it, it's it's just filled with uh, you know hatefulness. And according to, you know, the human rights code up in Canada, you can't do that. You can't speak the truth. Even though you have a, a man who dresses like a woman or even possibly have had surgery or hormones or whatever, we, we can't say that he's really a male. You do so, you, you know, you, you fall into this human rights code violation, which just blows my mind. But I think to myself, in a world in which, like for instance, in America, we have come to a point in place of not only acknowledging homosexuality, transgenderism, whatever it may be, uh, we have now come to the place of accepting it. We've now come to the place of promoting it. We've now come to the place that there are people even in America have found themselves in the midst of lawsuits because they refuse to participate with their products or their services in the activities in which people who desire to live out these type of lifestyles, as some would call it, uh, which is nothing more than sin, 
that they are being criticized, they are being condemned, they are finding themselves out of business, they are finding themselves sued for much money, because as it has been said time and time again, the LGBTQ community has a lot of money. They have a lot of political power. And they're basically forcing people, especially so-called Christians, to shut their mouths. And here in our nation, where you have the freedom of speech, you should have the right to say, as long as you are not bringing some type of physical harm to people and doing something that would be wicked and evil and against the laws of this country in which we live, you have a right to share your thoughts, your views. You have a right to speak your truth, uh, even when people don't like it, even when people don't want to listen to it. The truth of the matter is, as Christians, we are to preach the gospel in season and out of season. We are to share Jesus with people. We are to share the truth. We're not to back away from this. But I find more and more people don't want to go there. Churches don't want to talk about it. People don't want to address it. And the truth of the matter is, we have to address it. I think to myself, the reality is that Jesus went around, he started his ministry, as I've mentioned many times before in the book of Mark, chapter 1, he began to preach, uh, repent and believe in the gospel. He called men to repentance, to repent of their sin, because people who live, whether it be in the transgender lifestyle, in homosexual sin, uh, sexual sin outside of the marriage bed between one man and one woman who are husband and wife, whatever the case may be, the drug addict, the alcoholic, I mean, sins, we could talk about sin, we'd be here all day long talking about the many different sins. And we know that sin is against God. It's against who God is. God is holy. He's righteous. He's pure. He's just. Uh, Sin is against God's word. It's the breaking of his law. Um, and, And we know that all the world is condemned before God. All men are sinners. But as Christians, we recognize that we as sinners have been forgiven. We have been set free. We have been changed. We have repented and believed in the gospel. But in our world today, there's not many people that want to call, uh, you know, a spade a spade, an ace an ace. We don't want to call it what it is. We, we are afraid because of the wickedness of people and what may happen to us, whether it be a lawsuit and, and the loss of money, whether it be being shamed and shunned by the world in which we live in, whatever the case may be. But we are still called by Christ to go into the world and faithfully and boldly proclaim the good news, the gospel message. We are to call sin what it is. We're not to back away from it. And I always think to myself of different examples within the pages of Scripture— But I thought I would play something for you real quick. This is a video version of a passage of Scripture that you may be very familiar with, but I I want you to hear it because I can tell you right now, it really, to me, hits home. And it's based out of the the Gospel of John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. Just listen for a few minutes to this, and I think you'll, you'll get what I'm trying to portray here. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. 
For whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, Jesus was teaching, and uh, they're bringing him a woman. Now listen carefully. Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Now, this is where Jesus is writing with his finger on the ground, and they have no idea what he's what writing. What sayest thou? He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. The looks on their faces just, bl just blows me away when I see this video. They're all walking away now because of his statement. You know, if you don't have any sin, you cast that first stone. Remember, she's caught in adultery. Now listen carefully because this is really important. Some people leave out the last part of what he says to this woman, but very, very important. Listen to this. Woman. Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? That's the words that I want to express here on this program. Most people love to stop right where Jesus says, neither do I condemn thee. Showing the compassion, the grace, the mercy of Jesus Christ to this woman caught in adultery. But what, what we miss is Jesus is making it clear what she is doing is sinful. He is confronting her sin. He's not backing away from it. He said, go and sin no more. That was the ministry of Jesus, calling men to repent and believe in the gospel. He is the gospel. In Christ, there is forgiveness. There's compassion. There's mercy. There's grace. But Jesus' ministry was to go into a world and confront people with their sin. Because why? For the wages of sin is death. Jesus said in John 8, 24, Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sin. 
That's what is at stake. The soul, the eternal condition of someone who is in sin, does not repent, does not believe, and put their faith and trust alone in Jesus Christ. This is the real issue. But as we're talking about being bold and speaking the truth, it reminded me of John the Baptist. Oh my goodness gracious. When I read the story of John the Baptist, the account, it just blows my mind. Uh, You you can find it in a a couple different places in the gospel, but I'm going to read here from Mark chapter 6. And I'm going to read from verse 14 on down to about 20, but I want you to listen to this real quick. And King Herod heard of it, for his name had become well known, and people were saying John the Baptist has risen from the dead, and that is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. Now, the person, the him here is Jesus Christ. Herod hears about Jesus. He thinks it's John the Baptist possibly resurrecting from the dead. But listen to this. Others were saying he is Elijah. Uh, Others were saying uh, that he's a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he kept saying, John, whom I beheaded, has risen. Now, he's afraid. So, So distinctively in this passage here, he's concerned that John the Baptist has risen from the dead. Why is he concerned? Well, here's the reason why. Listen to verses 17 through 20. For Herod himself had sent and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. So John was arrested by Herod. He's bound, he's put into prison, but for what reason? Because John had been saying to Herod, now think about this, Herod is the ruler. He's the big dog. He's in charge. You don't speak out against Herod. You don't say something that you shouldn't say. No matter, you don't speak your mind to Herod. But what John the Baptist did, he spoke the truth. And that's exactly what this gentleman says here in this flyer that I read to you that is of the utmost importance. Truth matters and God wants you standing for what is true. We are to speak the truth in boldness. We are also to speak the truth in love. But we must confront the world in which we live with the reality of what sin is. That's exactly what Bill Watcott did. It goes on here in the Scriptures to say, For Herod himself had arrested him, but John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He told him the truth. In other words, Herod was an adulterer. He had broken God's law. And John the Baptist didn't care whether he was a king. He didn't care whether he had money. He didn't care whether his last name was a great prominence in the, you know, amongst the people of that time. He didn't care if he was a beggar out in the street corner. Sin was sin. And he confronted sin, which we don't like to do. Today, the visible church, it's becoming less and less. That's why I believe the true gospel is not being preached. Because the true gospel calls men to repent. 
It calls an ace an ace, a spade a spade. It calls something black, calls it white. It speaks and says, that's wrong, that's right. Well, that's your opinion. No, that's God's word. This is what God says. It's not what Marty says. It's not what you said. It's not what our denomination says. It's not, you know, it's not what our group says. It's what God says. But we're finding very little of this happening today. More and more people are backing away. Oh, well, I'll let God deal with them. I'm just going to pray for them. No, you need to confront them in love with truth and quit, you know, quit trying to uh, be in it, you know, uh, like a like an you put your head in the sand somewhere and, and bury your head and hope that it somehow will go away or that something will happen. You need to confront people with their sin. Now, I, I don't think we have to scream at them and yell. And, and some of you might now listening to this, you say, what about you, Ray? I'm just being passionate here. That's that's me. If you get to know me, I'm like that. But I don't scream and yell at people. But I want to tell them the truth in love. I want to tell them the consequences of their sin that they're living in. I want to tell them the truth. Why? Because what is at stake is their soul. I, I don't want to pretend that maybe it'll go away, maybe it'll get better. Well, Marty, you don't understand. If I speak truth to certain people, it's, 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 it's going to cost you something. That's right. It may cost you a friendship. It may cost you a relationship. You may find that people will hate your guts, hate everything about you. They'll mock you. They'll come after you. They, they, they won't like it. Well, that's exactly what happened to John the Baptist. Herod throws him in prison. But here's what's interesting. The Bible tells us that Herod enjoyed listening to John. Why? Because he was a holy man. He was a man of God. And I really believe it's not just what John said, it's how John said it. A lot of people think John the Baptist was just as a wild man, out of control. I'm not sure I believe that. I believe that he was a preacher of righteousness, and he called men to repentance as he was preaching out in the open, as some would call open-air preaching. But I also believe that there was John the Baptist who confronted people like Herod probably head-on. And I believe probably took on a whole different, I don't want to say a demeanor, but he knew who he was talking to. But again, we know that God's not a respecter of persons. But yet at the same time, we should respect people in the, in the sense that we should be kind and loving and merciful towards them. We should be willing to listen. We should follow 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. But here's what happened here in this. It says here that Herodias had a grudge against him. <laughs> See, she didn't like the fact that she's an adulterer, and John is making it clear to to her new husband, he has no right to have you. That's your brother's wife. And it says here that she had such a grudge, she wanted to put him to death and could not do so. For Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man. He kept him safe, and when he had heard that he, um, excuse me, and when he heard him, boy, today I'm tongue-tied. Sometimes I get that way. Uh, when he had heard him, he was very perplexed, but he used to enjoy listening to him. And you probably know the rest of the story. Strategic day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders. 
and the leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guest. And the king said to the girl, ask me for whatever you want, and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you, will give it to you up to half of my kingdom. And she went to her mother and they, you know, they did their talking and she came back. She said, what shall I ask for? She said, the head of John the Baptist. And if you remember the rest of the story, Herod could not, could not just say, okay, you got to ask for something else. He promised in front of people. He wasn't going to be discredited. He wasn't going to be a person who would be called a liar. He even though he was an adulterer, he did what was requested. John the Baptist's head was placed on the platter. So what does that tell us? Sometimes it cost us for confronting sin with truth. Sometimes it's going to cost us. We're going to suffer. We're going to be persecuted. People are going to stand opposing against us. It's not always going to go really well. It's not always going to sit right, and people are going to, oh, thank you so much for telling me that. I really, and I don't know about you, but the LGBTQ community, they got a chip on their shoulder. They have an agenda. And I could tell you, because I had been there many years ago. Many years ago, I had not only my own life threatened, but the life of my family members to such a degree that the FBI had to get involved. Not by my initiative, but by those who were above me in which I was working for. And I was told very distinctively by an FBI agent, this is a real threat. This is not some hoax. This is a real threat. And then they went, I won't get into details how they knew it was a real threat. And the reason I'm telling you that is I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm trying to tell you that that, that we are responsible before Jesus, before our creator, to speak the truth in love, to confront the world in which we live in sin. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. How will people know what sin is? Some, some of you would say, well, come on, it's pretty obvious. It was, in some cases, it may be. But do you realize that the reason why people will die in their sins is because they reject Christ? And how do they hear? Well, they have to hear by us telling them. We have to go to them, and we have to share. We have to confront the world. We have to go to the lost. We have to follow the lead in the ministry of Jesus himself, who said to his disciples, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. You'll be hated by all men because of me. But remember, they hated me first. A lot of Christians don't even teach that today. Don't even talk about that. I hear I hear some major ministries that never mention it, and I, I have the question for all of them. Why was Jesus hated by all men? Why? I mean, when's the last time you heard a message about that? You hear about a message, God loves you, God wants the best for you, has a purpose and a plan for you, dream your dreams, all this kind of stuff. When's the last time you heard that all the world hated Jesus, and they're probably going to hate you too? I mean, you just don't. But that's the reality. But here's here's the question for all of us. Why did they hate Jesus? Jesus summed it up when he said, they hated me because, and I'll put it in my words, very plain and clear, 
because I told them of their sin. I'm summing it up for you. I I told them of their sin. He confronted them about their sin. Jesus didn't go into the world and hang out with sinners and like, hey, man, let's party. You know what? I'll change, you know, the water and the wine and let's have a good time. Woo! No, that's, that's not what he did. It's the people who are sick who need the doctor. He came, as he said in Luke 19, to seek and to save that which was lost. He's seeking after us, just after the world that's lost, just like he sought after us. That's his mission. That's his ministry. He confronted people with the truth about them. He showed them the, the he showed them the depravity of their heart. He showed them the wickedness of their thoughts and their actions. And he called men to repent and believe in him. Because in Jesus there is forgiveness of sins. There is reconciliation with God the Father. There is eternal life. There's hope. There's freedom. And it's all through and in Jesus, who is the Christ, the Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the only Savior, the only name that has been given to man from heaven above by which we must be saved. There's no other salvation and no other person or other way but through Jesus. So I think to myself, my hat's off to Bill Watcott. He spoke the truth, and as far as I'm concerned, he shared Scripture, and he did so in love. He, he just brought it right to the forefront. He confronted the evil of his day, the wickedness, the lostness, and he closes with the fact that Christ paid the price for sin, that Christ will be merciful if you turn to him. You repent, you turn to him. There is forgiveness. And see, that's what the world, in most cases, doesn't want to hear but it's the truth that we must give them. And Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my teachings, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. In other words, you're not going to be there. Only in judgment will you deal with God, and it's too late. He's going to pay a price. Now, they may fight it. Maybe in the end, Lord willing, he won't have to pay the $55,000. I've never met Bill Watcott in my whole entire life, but I'll bet you he doesn't care because he knows what is of greater value and what really is at stake, and that is the souls of mankind. If you're listening to this podcast today and you're living in sin, sin which is against God, against his nature, against his word, then I'm going to lovingly just call upon you to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Put your faith, your trust in Him. Turn away from your sin and turn to God. There is forgiveness in Christ, His only begotten Son. There's mercy. There's grace. He is the mediator between us and God, the man called Jesus Christ. And for those of you out, you're already a believer, Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to recognize that be a disciple of Jesus may even mean that you lose your life? In some countries, there are missionaries and people who die, 
who are put to death, who are beheaded, burned to death, shot to death. They are murdered. Why? Because they proclaim the gospel. Are you willing to confront sin? Now remember, it's not just what we're saying, it's how we're saying it. Are you truly troubled down deep inside of people who are lost, people that are heading to hell? People who, without Jesus, are going to experience the wrath of God. I want to encourage you today to pray to God, to ask Him for that boldness, for that power, that you would be who God wants you to be, and you'd be willing to go and share the truth with people in love. But you wouldn't back away, no matter what it may cost you, whether it be friendship, whether it be cost you fines, whether it be cost you your life. Because Jesus promised if you lose your life for his sake, you'll find it. To be a disciple of his means to take up your cross, your cross, and follow him. We're not above our teacher, but it's enough that we become like him. And so I hope and pray that each one of us, including myself, will take heed to the story and to the scriptures I read today, and we would truly go forward and be mighty men and women of God, period. That's what we need today more than anything else, more than anything. We need this today, and we need it badly. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Marty Minto Show podcast. Don't forget our official music is provided by Apologetics, last three letters, T-I-X. That's apologetics.com. Check them out online. If you have any questions or thoughts, email me, martyminto at gmail.com. Until the next time, God bless. Christ is bigger. He's bigger than-